Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Welcome to Message Live, broadcasting here in Manchester to the nations. And uh, thanks for joining us. It's fantastic that you can log on, whether you're doing this live on a Tuesday morning or sometime afterwards, welcome. And in a moment, I'm gonna get into 1 Corinthians chapter five. And if you know anything about that passage, hold on to your hats. Um, but first of all, I just wanted to mention this. Um, yesterday was a great day because we launched two more of our community groceries. We've never done two in a day before, but we launched one in Wigan and Hexham. In fact, here's a picture of he Wigan. Uh, with the edge, just beautiful to see people queuing up. And here's a picture of Hexham. And uh, fantastic all day to have a stream of people coming to get a great healthy shop, but also to be connected into the church and offered all sorts of wraparound support with Christians Against Poverty and IT training and healthy cooking. And most important of all, to be offered the opportunity to investigate the Christian faith. And lots of people right across our groceries are signing up for that. And we're absolutely confident we're going to see in Salford and Hexham and Wigan and so many other places what we've seen here in Manchester loads and loads of people who would never connect with church in a million years coming to Christ and hope coming back to some pretty desperate situations and families so how good is that and um, thanks for making it happen those of you who've prayed and given and uh, we now have a rollout plan in the next four weeks we'll be launching another four groceries and onward determined to do more and more of this, not just because we want a massive ministry, but because there's massive need out there and massive openness to the gospel when you demonstrate the love of Jesus practically and then tell people the motivation for it all. So great um, message groceries. I'll tell you what also warmed my heart. On Friday, I phoned Daniel Eduardo and uh, I said, oh mate, how did High Alive go? Because uh, High Alive was happening, which is uh, every month we do an evangelistic youth event uh, broadcast from this venue and Gina, one of our young evangelists was preaching and Daniel said, yeah, it went well and we had five young people give their life to Christ online and get in touch and say they'd prayed that prayer of commitment and they want to follow Jesus and can we follow them up? I'm like, Daniel, that's amazing. You may think, oh, five's not very many. Actually, if five young people genuinely went from darkness to life, a future of heaven instead of hell, hope and strength to get there, literally, that's mega. That's the most important thing we've ever done. And, and week in, week out, that stuff's happening through Message Live. So please do share the good news about what's happening and the brilliant youth programming. And last night I watched, I caught up on the latest episode of Grief and Grace. Wow. That series that goes out on a Thursday night is so relevant, so amazing, especially if you know anybody who's suffering at this time, as so many are, with grief. Uh, point them towards that programming. Amazing teaching from Tim Tucker. And last night I watched this incredible testimony of this Christian couple who lost their 22-year-old son who was the apple of their eye and the way God helped them through that. Because Christianity isn't a way out of life's difficulties. It's a power to go through them. And uh, wow, if you don't believe me, watch Grief and Grace on a Thursday evening or check out the previous four episodes that are all there for you. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter five. If, uh, if uh, you've got a Bible like mine, you'll see a, a heading, uh, Expelling the Immoral Brother. 
Ew. <laughs> it's in the Bible, and it's for our good. And it's one of those passages when you're journeying through chapter after chapter, you think, should I just jump over this one and go to a bit more fun-filled bit? No, I shouldn't. It's important. But let's be fair, it's quite heavy stuff. And I think you might be almost a little bit shocked by some of the language Paul uses when we read the passage. Imagine this, though. Imagine that you are desperately ill with COVID-19. You know, you've not just got it badly, like you're so badly ill, you need to go to hospital. And you turn up the hospital feeling like death and you're sure they're going to take you straight into intensive care. And the doctor welcomes you and gives you a big hug at the door. He doesn't have a mask on. And he, he escorts you around the hospital. Do you mind, just before we deal with you, if we can just show you around the hospital. And the hospital, there's no PPE. Uh, everybody's hugging. He takes you into the ward with all the old people. Oh, this is Ernest. Oh, give him a hug, Ernest. And there's no protection. There's no care. You'd, like, you'd be like, get me out of here. What is going on with this hospital? This isn't freedom. This is scary. This virus is going to spread this way. And I'm going to be a super spreader. That because this doctor isn't taking care of me. He may think, oh, this is great, this is freedom, this is joy. No, it's not. It's exceedingly dangerous. And that's what Paul is getting at here in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He doesn't use the analogy of a virus, but he uses a very similar analogy, as you'll hear in a moment in verse 7. He says this sort of stuff, sexual sin, like you're seeing in the Corinthian church, is like a little bit of yeast, if you put a little bit of yeast into dough, you can't see it, it's so tiny, but it spreads quickly throughout the entire loaf and affects everything. And Paul is like, you're nuts if you're going to carry on as if this doesn't matter. It really does matter. A virus is entering the church in Corinth, a virus that's entering many churches in 21st century Britain and around the world, that will polarise people and if not dealt with, paralyse the mission of the church. I mean, that's how important this stuff is, according to Paul. So let's read the whole chapter, 13 verses. It's actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you and of a kind that's not tolerated even among the pagans. For a man has his father's wife and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who's done this be removed from among you. For though I'm absent in body, I'm present in spirit. And as if present, I've already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you assembled in the name of the Lord and my spirit's present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little yeast leavens the whole dough? Cleanse out the old yeast that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you'd need to go out of the world. But I'm now writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what 
have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from amongst you. Wow. Heavy duty scriptures from Paul. Here is the apostle getting hot under the collar. As well as having to deal with this stupid, frustrating personality cult that was going on in the church in Corinth. He's now got to deal with downright immorality of the worst kind, incense, a man sleeping with his own mother and actually the church doing nothing about it and the man actually carrying on as if this is okay. Strictly forbidden in Leviticus chapter 18. How can this kind of stuff go on in the church? Surely this can't be the church of Jesus. Well, we are part of a church where, you know, our, our the leading apologist in the world has been discovered to be a, a multiple offender in the most horrendous way. We live in a church where Catholic priests are abusing little boys and Anglican bishops have just been held up for the most gross kind of paedophilia. It's immorality and it needs calling out. The word Paul uses when he, in verse 1, uses that word immorality is pornea, where, of course, we get our pornography from. Listen to this. Satan has a successful tactic that works again and again, strong temptation in sexual matters. With the invention of this thing, he's running riot. We know that, don't we? He's destroying more lives than ever through poor near. You don't believe me? Talk to my mate, whose dad was the chief executive of a Christian charity and yet had this secret life that he was getting sucked into. Worse and worse pornography he had to watch to get his fix and eventually took his computer into a, a, to have it fixed. Maybe, maybe he was hoping he'd get found out and he did get found out and the computer shop guy reported him to the police and he was arrested and actually within a few weeks, I think the shock of it killed him. And my friend set up a whole Christian charity to help the millions of Christians who were addicted and struggling with pornography. They're getting contaminated. It's in the church. You know, when I was at school, when I was a teenager, you just didn't see nudity on the television. It just didn't happen. It was only in the 1980s that this whole thing started to happen. Now you can't watch a drama on TV without seeing Pretty explicit sexual activity. And we as a church, we're just getting on with it. We're just being wafted along in that whole culture. You know, to see extreme hardcore pornography as a 14-year-old or 13-year-old, I would have had to go to one of these licensed sex shops. And of course, I would have been given a clip round the ear and sent on my way. Now, I can get HD pornography 24-7 if I'm 13 or 14 through one of these devices. It is scary. And we need to run a mile for this stuff, from this stuff. <laughs> There's a high expectation and a greater discipline, Paul says, that needs exerting in the church. Here in Corinth, fascinatingly, he says they weren't just putting up with some of this stuff. They weren't just putting up with a man sleeping with his mother proudly. They were proud. And I wonder how that could be. I'm sure they weren't proud. You know, we're not proud of, of um, 
incest. We're not proud of this kind of sexual activity, but maybe we're proud of being the ultimate extreme grace church. We're proud of being non-judgmental. We're proud, and you know, in the midst of this sex-satiated society called Corinth, maybe we're the right on church. And it's easy to be those people, not call out sin as sin. And it looked as if they were proud of it. Maybe they were proud to have this guy as a member of their church. You know, the, the phrase used is, is suggestive of this lady was a, his concubine, maybe one of many concubines. Makes me wonder if this man who was committing this sexual sin was a, a wealthy major donor in the church. Maybe he was even a celebrity. How crazy that we treat people like that differently. We have one rule for our major donors and our celebrities and one rule for everybody else. Wrong. Paul says, no, root it out before it spreads through the church, confusing and dividing and, yes, paralyzing the church. So get this, for an apostle laying it on thick, when you're assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus and my spirit's present and the power of the Lord Jesus, you're to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. What's that all about? I mean, we're not surely just to be kicking people out who are sinners. Well, at the extreme level, Paul says, yes, we are. We're to be incredibly welcoming to outsiders. Remember, he goes on to say, I'm not talking about outsiders here, that you shouldn't associate with sexual immorality, greedy swindlers, idolaters of this world. Of course you should. They're the very people we're trying to reach for Jesus. They're the very people who need the hope that comes in the gospel. But there is an expectation that once you've bowed the knee and made Jesus Lord and chosen to live a life under the authority of his word, which we have, that you'll strive to live like it. We're not forcing people to become Christians. But when we do invite people to follow Jesus and make him Lord, we need to call them to repentance. Because remember what Jesus said, his message, he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit, preaching, what did he preach? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I think a lot of times, you know, we as evangelists teach the kingdom of heaven's at hand, the breakthrough, the forgiveness, the freedom, the joy, the power, heaven to come. But we don't teach repent. The doorway to all that blessing is repentance. I'm going my way, myself, self-focused, sinful, sex-addicted way. I'm going that way and I turn around and go the opposite way and choose to follow Jesus. I come under the authority of his word. We're not forcing you to do that, but if you call yourself a Jesus follower, call yourself a Christian, that's what it involves. Pursuing holiness, living a right life. I love um, my friend Mike Pilavachi did an epic interview with J. John. Please, if you can see this, facing the canon, because J. John's a canon in the Church of England, which is a funny name, isn't it? But he's ace. But anyway, he did this uh, interview with Mike, and I posted a few minutes of it on my Facebook, if you get a chance to see it. But the thing I loved about what Mike said was, Mike said it like this. He said, you know, when I became a Christian, whatever it was, 40 years ago, you know, I became a Christian, and it was like, here's the Bible. This is our authority for life and living and joy and freedom. And uh, here's what it says you do. So 
we did the things it says in the Bible. And here's what it says you don't do. So we didn't do the things that it says in the Bible. We allowed the Bible to judge us. And he said, we now have a culture growing up, especially maybe amongst young adults. Instead of bowing the knee to the Bible, they're judging the Bible. Instead of allowing the Bible to judge them, they're judging the Bible. How nuts is that? The Bible gives us the life of freedom and joy and breakthrough. And it is so different. It's opposite to so much of the values of the world. And that's what we're buying into. That's what we're inviting people into as evangelists. And we must make the call to repent, make Jesus Lord for the kingdom of heavens at hand with all the blessings and all the breakthrough. And if there are extreme cases in the body of Christ, amongst believers who call themselves Christians, who will not repent, when we challenge them over their sin, we actually have to kick them out of the church. That's what Paul says. For their own good and for the good of the church, it needs to be rooted out. Any parent who doesn't discipline the kids, he's not being kind, they're being unkind. Any friend who has an addicted friend who, who doesn't do everything they can to help them through the serious addictions, he's not a great friend. We had a young man this last week, tragically die, came to Christ in prison, came to the Oaks, managed one day in the Oaks and then drugs came in with him and he, he left in chaos and he went down south and he's now died. How tragic is that? How sad is that? Feel like with this young guy, perhaps we can, to be fair, say we did everything we could to challenge him about his lifestyle and help him but he chose to go the destructive way fully expect to see that young man in heaven but what a mess what a waste of all the fruitfulness and all the blessing that could come through his life why do we want to choose satan's way why don't we want to go by the book if you're involved if you're getting sucked into pornography and i guarantee people who are watching this video this morning repent go the opposite way get some accountability do everything you can to run a mile from that because sneaky Satan just wants to suck you in. There's something here in this strange phrase that I just want us to think about where he says, you are, Paul, to deliver this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. There's like a handing him over. He's chosen to live Satan's way, not Jesus' way. Well, okay, we're going to rubber stamp. We're going to underline your choices. You're going to move out of the protection and the provision that comes through being under Bible teaching and in accountable relationships. Honestly, you need to realize how serious that is, says Paul. You know, being in the church as part of the body, being sent out on mission is the precious, safe place for a Christian to be. It is scary out there and Satan just wants to gobble you up. He's merciless. Do not move away from Bible teaching and authority in the church. Do not move away from accountable relationships. If you do, you're an accident waiting to happen. And I heard some scary stats. I don't even know if they're right. It's going to be amazing what happens, isn't it, really, as lockdown's lifted. But uh, they say somebody was saying that 20% of people have now decided during lockdown they're not going to come back to church. They're happy to have their church on YouTube, in the gym jams on a Sunday morning and 
that's it. You know, they're, they're not going to go through all the hassle of coming back to church. 20% of our, our brothers and sisters in Christ have made that decision. They're in an extremely scary place to be. We need to come running back to our brothers when we can gather. We need to do everything we can to build community in the meantime because Satan wants to pick us off and it should be the most terrifying thing possible to be sent out of the church. And in Corinth, of course, it wasn't like, you know, you kicked out of the Baptist church so you can go to the Methodists. There's one church in Corinth. And this guy's behavior said, you're not representing Jesus. You're bringing dishonor on his name and like a soldier being dropped off defenseless in army territory, it's time to wake up, mate. Repent of that sin. Make Jesus Lord afresh and come back. Be restored. Give honour to Jesus by your life rather than disgrace. And I wanted to finish off this kind of slightly heavy morning um, with uh, reading something really amazing for you. Why do we do this? Why not just go along with the world? Why not just be conformed to the pattern of this world? We do it because there's a prize. There's heaven for all eternity. We do it because Jesus is worth it. His reward is a life laid down. He gave everything for us. So we gave everything to him. And Jesus calls us to a holy life. He actually empowers us to be a holy life. But of course, we're all walking civil wars. But when I get to see Jesus face to face, I don't want to be slipping in through the back door as through fire, as it says in 1 Corinthians. I want to be, when I'm on my deathbed, able to write a letter like this. My friend, Louise Palau, who's just a proper legend of the faith and uh, just one of our great heroes at the message, it shortly will go to heaven. And uh, he's been sent home from hospital to the care of his family. Maybe even now he's only got a few hours to live. But over the weekend, he wrote a letter to his friends and supporters, and it touched me so deeply, and it made me think, you know, this is the reason that I want to live a life that counts. I don't want to be faffing around with the stuff of the world that holds me back and makes me like a virus of pain in the church. I want to be a virus of joy that spreads joy and breakthrough. Anyway, this is what Luis Palau said. Imagine if you could write a letter like this on your deathbed. Dear friend... More than likely, this is the last letter you'll ever receive from me. If the doctors are right, I'm days away from glory, and I feel like it. All medication has stopped. I'm at home with Pat on palliative care. The family are close by. It's just a matter of days. My time on earth is done. This service you've performed in not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also over flowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Don't ever forget this truth. God delights in using you. He takes pleasure in your service. He's smiling on you. I believe the word of God and I'm eager to finish this race. I see the finish line right before me and I trust I'll win the prize God has offered up to me. But please, if you're impressed by anything about me or my life, then be impressed with this. I'm not that special. I simply obeyed. I gave it my all. Praise the Lord. He loves to use weak people like me to bring glory to his, himself. This has to encourage you, and it's the truth. Aren't they beautiful words? He goes on to say, he quotes some 
2 Timothy chapter 4, you've been such an encouragement and blessing to me. Please continue in the same way with the boys, with our team, for the work, for the lost. As my energy fades and my body falters, I'm happy to see the end in view. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. By God's grace, I've kept the faith. But you, are you still running? Are you still fighting? Keep at it. I'm excited for heaven. I know I am. I know where I'm going. That's because Frank Chandler shared the gospel with me when I was 12 years old. I'll never forget that night. Sitting in the rain at summer camp, he shared the gospel, clearly, bold, and lovingly, and he gave me an opportunity to respond. It was the night when I accepted Christ into my life and began to serve him, and it's because of that decision I know I'll close my eyes to the world and open them in glory to the face of my Savior. I can't wait. No more pain no more tears. Of course, I'm sad to be leaving friends and family, Pat especially. She's been my faithful partner and friend for over 60 years, a gift from God. We love each other so much. And of course, the the boys, their lovely wives, the grandkids, I hate to think I won't be able to pick up the phone and talk to any of them, but I know where I'm going. It's better by far. And I'll be waiting for you there. And Luis, when he gets to heaven, will meet, I believe, millions of people whose lives he's touched. And over the next... 50 years, he'll just meet more and more and more of those precious souls. My friends like Matt Redman and Emma Owen and Daniel Eduardo and millions more who've been led to Christ through Luis's ministry. He finishes it like this. In the meantime, I can't encourage you enough. Stay the course. Don't give up the fight. Stand strong in the gospel. Share the good news unashamedly and be sure to do all you can to bring as many people with you to glory. I'll leave you with these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I've got my title for me 1 Corinthians chapter 9 talk in a few weeks' time. Here it is. Woe, win, run. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Win as many as possible for Christ. Run and get the prize. It's good to run for the Lord's approval. I thank God for you. I thank God for the team. I thank God for his goodness, his love and his grace. He makes no mistakes. His way is perfect. His word is flawless. I'll see you in heaven, Luis. Wow. That's the life I want to live. That's the letter I want to be able to write with an old man in my deathbed. Not somebody who's taken out by sexual sin and all the temptation of life. Not somebody who has a low view of scripture and pick and mixes and comes to the Bible and judges it. Somebody like Louis who surrenders to the full counsel of God and does everything he possibly can to share it with a world in need. Some with an urgency and a passion all the way to the grave. I've seen it. I've been inspired by it. God, will you let us be those people? Let's pray. Lord, we're so aware reading Luis's letter that this life is so short and eternity is so long and we have these few years to live all out. I pray you'll help us to live those holy, godly, Jesus-loving, Jesus-honoring lives and I pray we'll win many for you as a result. We don't want to get taken out, Lord. We want to run the race marked out for us all the way to glory. So I pray anybody watching this this morning who's getting sucked into sexual temptation, especially around pornography, I thought I needed to say that this morning, help them to repent, get good accountability, put good things in place. 
Anybody getting sucked in? Any, any, anybody who thinks it's okay just to live with a boyfriend or girlfriend and name the name of Jesus? No, it's not. We're going to live by a different standard because we've been called to a high calling to follow you, Jesus. Let us be those people who live right and go after you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all you're doing. Amen. Whoa, there we go. So I hope it's been helpful this morning. Um, and uh, we'll have some more fun and games when we get to World Win Run later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. But uh, we need to hear this stuff, don't we? I certainly do. And uh, God bless you. And please do share widely. Let us know where you've been watching from this morning and any prayer requests. We do take those seriously. We have a prayer team who pray for our support. So if there's anything, you can email in to prayer at message.org.uk if it's a more personal prayer request and we will... We'll pray about that. Thanks a lot for listening this morning and watching and uh, please share message live widely. God bless you. Cheers. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.